Welcome to the Kiro's Initiative Podcast, guys. I am so excited for you guys to listen about the Savannah trip that I talked about with Liz Rice and Christina Thomas, guys. It is absolutely amazing. The stories they have and 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 the, the ability they have to share their faith, guys. It is it is so it is so awesome. And it, the the kicker is they were only there for one week. I'm so excited for you guys to hear, guys. I've been praying so much that this works in your heart, that, that their stories and what they get to do and, and how they actually perceive everything actually works in your hearts, guys, and, and really makes you guys see missions for what it is and what it uh, is and, and what a week-long mission trip is, guys, and, and what it does in our hearts and the hearts of the people we serve on them, guys. I pray that this convicts you and that this really makes you long to go on missions and long to help fund missions guys i i want to also thank you so much just for starting to listen to this even if you don't want to make it all the way through i'm so happy to have you join us on this journey guys it's so exciting for this to go on um i only have one thing left to say and i think that is let's start the song You're listening to Heroes Initiative. Welcome, 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 guys, to the Heroes Initiative podcast. Joining me today are Liz Rice and Christina Thomas. And they're here to tell us about their trip this past summer to Savannah for a week, okay? And we're going to have Christina introduce herself first. Hey, guys, I'm Christina. I'm a rising third-year neuroscience major. Then here's Hi, I'm Liz. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz. I'm a rising third year as well, and I'm a business major. Go shower. Okay, guys. Um, so so let, let, let's get start talking about the trip. So the first thing I want to know is, why did you sign up to go do Seminow this past summer? Um, well, go ahead, Christina. Okay. Um, I guess for me, uh, I knew that my summer was not going to have like one thing that I was going to do all summer. So I knew that I was going to have the time um, to serve. So I guess like logistically speaking, that was um, one of the biggest reasons. But I also think that just as I've come to college, um, I've just learned like the importance of making service a lifestyle. Um, And while a trip is ultimately like a short term thing, um, I knew that it, that would be like a good chance for me to like focus myself over the summer um, in a way that could, um, in a way that I could use to like remind myself of service as a lifestyle throughout the like coming year and also just throughout like the rest of my life. So. Okay. So um, I guess for me, so for those of you who don't know, I was supposed to go to uh, on a Jensen trip to Denver, which is an eight week long service trip. Um, and Jensen goes to a lot of major cities. And I've been assigned to Denver. And um, I guess um, I did send me now last summer and went on a two and a half week trip to Vermont and just had a really good experience through send me now and really enjoyed serving and being challenged um, in my faith just by serving in that way. Um, and then this year I just decided I wanted to sign up for send me now again, uh, not really being sure if I was going to go on a week long trip or a full summer trip because I applied for several internships and was kind of in the process of um, about to, I was actually about to accept an internship for the summer. Um, when the Jensen leader from Denver called me and we just had a really good conversation, hit it off. He gave me a weekend to pray about it. I prayed about it with my family and um, my mom just, I remember my mom calling me and she was like, I really feel like you should do this. So I ended up accepting. Um, And then, well, as we know, um, Corona hit and I guess that ended up not happening. I didn't get to go to um, Denver, but um, I still knew I wanted to serve through Simi now in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that leads totally to this next thing is like, this was totally unprecedented this year. We we all went to Discovery Weekend. If you, so if you don't know what that is, that's that's the weekend where you go to um, after you apply for Simi Now and you, you meet a whole bunch of people from all around the state who apply to Simi Now and, and you kind of do some interviews and you get placed to the place where you're to the your trip we're going to go. But this year, for most most people that did Simi Now, they... 
they were expecting to totally go to a different place and they ended up going. So um, if you guys could just speak to, I mean, Liz already has a, a bit and speak to where you were going to go, um, what was going to go happen there. And then what you actually, what, what, where you ended up going. Yeah. So I was supposed to go um, to Boston for two weeks. Um, at the end of the summer, I was supposed to go help um, a church there with, for one week we were going to do like a VBS and then another week we were going to do like basketball camps um, and just like serving that local church, serving their congregation, but also helping them serve um, the city of Boston. So that was my original plan. And my trips was one of the last ones to get canceled. So um, me going to Savannah was like very last minute, but the original plan was Boston. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was supposed to go to Denver um, and my trip was actually one of the first ones to get canceled because Jensen canceled their trips pretty early. Um, and I just kind of remember being in disbelief because I was so excited to go to Denver and, um, but at least I kind of knew early on. And so then I kind of considered several other trips. Actually, I was thinking about going to, um, Long Island for a little bit, um, to serve on a month long trip, um, and just different things ended up not working out and different things in my family, not being comfortable with that. And I don't know, I was just kind of at a loss because I just kind of felt like, okay, God, I was so ready to serve you for my entire summer. And now you're only going to use me for like a month. And little did I know it was going to be actually a week. Um, but I just think I like, I wasn't really trusting him with that and realizing that like he knew what was, he knew what was happening and he wanted that to happen. But um, I was just kind of thinking like in terms of time and in terms of how much am I giving God of my time, I guess, and like human standards. So, um, but that, yeah, long story short, I ended up going to um, on to the Savannah trip with Christina. So yeah okay awesome yeah so i mean i i my I'm, I'm just curious like what was like going on in your heads when between um uh, getting your trip canceled and thinking okay do i still want to do a trip like what kind of am i willing to do or what, what do i want to do now like what was going through your heads there um so for me my original plan this summer like like I didn't have one thing that I was going to do all summer but my summer was going to be very cool. Um, I was supposed to go to Africa for two weeks on a medical mission trip. Um I was supposed to work at Camp Hawkins for a couple of weeks. I was supposed to do Sydney now in Boston like I had a lot of um different ways that I was going to be able to serve God this summer. And so when all of those got canceled, I was kind of like, "Okay, God, like I thought you wanted me to serve you this summer." Um but now everything's getting canceled. So how can I, how can I serve you at home? Um, and for me, Savannah is only an hour and a half away from home. I actually grew up swimming in Savannah. So I spent a lot of time in Savannah um, in high school. And so I think it was really cool that first I had to like realize that God like wants me to serve right where I'm at. And for this summer, for most of us, that was home. Um, and getting the opportunity to go on a trip to somewhere that kind of became like a second home to me in high school was really cool um, to like be able to go there after I had been challenged to serve at home first. So. Um, for me, like I said, I'm um, already talking about um, Denver getting canceled. I think I was just kind of um, in disbelief at first just because I felt like God had kind of made a lot of things work out for my Denver trip. Things seem to be falling into place. Um, like I'm a runner and there was supposed to be a running ministry I was going to be serving with there. And just different things. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like I had been praying about Denver for a really long time. Like I had a sick, um, I was just really excited. And I think that, um, it was just hard for the, for the trip as I should have, um, at least being prayerful um, in advance. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, so get down to it. You're it's here. The, the trip is ready. Okay. This is your part. Okay. The trip. That's my question. The trip. What it, what was it? What'd you do? What was it like? Um, go. <laughs> okay so our trip was for a week at the end of june um we all just like met up in savannah sunday 
evening um and then we were there throughout the week and we left friday afternoon um so i guess um, the first night we just spent time like getting to know our team getting to know our campus ministers that were leading our team um we were led by uh, tony and jeff so it was really cool to get to know campus ministers from another campus um and get to know bcmers from another campus and then on monday we um we got right to work so i guess on monday um we started out at the savannah baptist center um and at the savannah baptist center so they do a lot of like homeless ministry um but they weren't open uh for people to actually come inside while we were there um but we were able to just like help them get ready to reopen. There's also a church that meets there. So we were able to help that church out. Um, and then they were getting ready to reopen. So we, we helped them prepare for that. We helped them clean a lot. Um, just a lot of different things around the Savannah Baptist Center um, to better equip them to serve their community. Um, because we were only there for a week, obviously, but Savannah Baptist Center is like always there. They, they're good at building relationships. Um, and their staff is just really good at like loving on their clients. So it was cool to see, um, I guess like the heart for the heart that the workers at Savannah Baptist Center have for um, the community that they serve in Savannah. Um, and it was just good for us to be able to encourage them and help how we could um, for the time that we were there. Yeah. Um, at the Savannah Baptist Center, one of the main people who runs the center um, is this girl named Olivia. And Olivia, I don't, I don't know exactly how old she is. I don't know if you remember Christina, but she can't be more than like 27. Like she's probably 25, 27. Yeah. And it was just really encouraging to see her because she's somebody that like doesn't seem that much older than us who is just serving and she's really loving where she's been placed to serve. And she just really feels a call to work with these people. And she just is doing such a great job with what she's been given um, in that position. And she's also just funny. Like, she has a good time with her job. And, like, she was telling us all about her ex-boyfriends and stuff, which is really funny. And had us going through, um, like, all these old cards that people wrote to the center. And, like, we got to read all the cards. And, like, some of them had some hilarious stuff in them that they were going to try to give out to homeless people. So we had to basically, like, filter and censor the cards. So that was kind of fun. And just little odds and ends that, you know, like are making a difference. There are things that she would have to spend time on normally that we can do for her to help her out. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I guess going on for Monday, um, Christina, if you don't have anything else to say about the Savannah Baptist Center, um, Monday afternoon, we would go, um, we did park ministry. So we just kind of, we didn't really have a plan. Um, Tony, our leader, was like, all right, I know this park. It's really big. We're going to pair off into groups of two. You're going to grab a cooler of water bottles and there's no plan past there. Like you're going to try and go hand out water bottles and you're going to try to have gospel conversations, like go basically. And so he dropped us off, gave us a meeting back time. It was like, all right, like have fun. And then that was basically it. And so it definitely was good. Um, definitely something that um, pushed me outside my comfort zone. Uh, the first day, that first Monday, Christine and I were actually partners um, going into it, which was super cool. Um, and uh, the first guy Christine and I talked to, um, his name was Matt and Matt was, um, he actually plays the trumpet in the army, which is super cool. And, um, so yeah, Christine and I just walked up to him. He was sitting under a tree on his laptop and we just kind of started talking to him about, um, like what he, well, at first we just asked him what he did. Then we asked him about what he believed. He said he was raised Catholic and kind of told us that like he didn't really believe that anymore and just kind of like dismissed it. But he, he was, he was willing to listen to us. And then we ended up getting a chance to share what we believed. And um, once we had finished sharing what we believed, he basically said, he was like, well, I've never heard that before. He was like, I've never like heard that message before. Basically he was, he's kind of been raised in like a works-based salvation. And um, he was just like, wow, like I've never, I've never heard what y'all are saying before. So it was really lucky because Christina had this card in the back of her phone. And we just kind of started talking about like reading the Bible for yourself because we were saying like, well, what we're saying is not like our words, it's in the Bible. And we were, we were just kind of encouraging him to look it up on his own and read it for himself. And like, in my opinion, he seemed pretty engaged about it. So it was just really cool that Christina had that car just to like point him to it. It just like had the Bible app on it. So it's not anything crazy. He could have accessed the Bible anyways, but 
it was just cool to kind of tell him that he could read that for himself. And it was just really cool. It was an answered prayer for me that the first person we talked to, we got to share our faith with because that was definitely something I'd been praying for leading up to the trip. So, yeah. Yeah, and it was really cool to talk to Matt because he wasn't, like, much older than us either. Um, so it was, I think he said he, like, just finished college up in New York State. He moved to Savannah with his job, like was said. Um, so it was cool to see someone um, from our generation where, like, some people have, like, written us off in terms of, like, faith. But he was, like, very open um, and engaged in that conversation. So That was really interesting, too, because – we do think of Savannah as the Bible belt as part of completely that. And we don't ever think, and no one else, no people have never heard the real gospel down there a lot, you know? And so that's, that's a really uplifting. Uh, it's a really like true and guilty story of like, we think everyone here knows the gospel when it's not true. Uh, when no, many people have never even heard it before. Yeah. I, I just was blown away when he told, I mean, I've said it before, but when he said like, I've never heard that before, I don't know. It was just crazy. And, a lot of people we talked to, um, I mean, I would say a lot of people were more familiar with the, with the gospel message than maybe there would be if you went somewhere like New York or somewhere a different part of the country, but there definitely are a lot of lost people. Like there were definitely people who had not heard it or um, like, I don't think Savannah is as much of the Bible belt as people give it credit for. So, yeah. So we also met a lot of people who weren't from Savannah originally. Um, people had moved there for a job or school or people who were there on vacation who didn't even live in Savannah. Um, so we definitely got to meet people from a lot of different backgrounds and beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. Christina, you want to tell them about Willie and Molly? Yeah. So Willie and Molly, um, they're both from Georgia. Um, I think Willie might've been from Savannah, but Molly was not. Um, but they were just like the couple we met in the park. Um, it sounded like they were both homeless, um, but Molly said that she was raised in the church. She'd actually remembered um, visiting a church like years ago um, in Savannah, and she thinks that the church that she visited was actually the church that we were staying at at night, so that was kind of cool to like have that connection, and she like she remembered um, like the details of like the sermon that day, um, and so even though she like wasn't actively involved in the church like the church had still made an impact in her life so we just got to talk to them um get to know their lives get to know their story and just hear hear like what they were up to that day tell them a little bit about ourselves um and try to encourage them and I think we also got to pray with them so that was really good yeah um I think that was mostly so like that was what we kind of did Monday afternoon and then at nights we would kind of just come back um, clean up and um, at nights churches in the community would bring us dinner or something to the church we we're staying at so it's something different every night sometimes it would be food from a restaurant sometimes it'd be food we cooked and we kind of just all took turns taking shifts um, cooking each night and for breakfast and for lunch um, and then after dinner we would have um, worship sessions and um, so we just had people on our trip there was a couple guys who had musical abilities so they would like play the guitar for us and play the drums and stuff or not drums, but like cajon or whatever. And, um, they would just, um, and they were also the worship pastor of the church we were staying at was also there. Um, and so he would just join in and they would lead um, some songs for us. And then our other campus pastor, Jeff, um, he said for the week, he wanted us to focus on first Corinthians 13. Um, so the love chapter. And so he was like, we're just going to dissect, um, those verses and just kind of like see, um, about all the statements about love and we're just going to like really dive deep into it. So it's really cool because first night he led and then going forward after that, he got a different person from the group to lead the discussion each night. And we basically were assigned a verse and we just had to unpack that verse for the group. So um, it was just really cool going through a different, I guess, passage of scripture that we know super or really well and just kind of hearing different people's perspectives on it and really taking like a deep dive into every single word in the passage. So, yeah. Did, did he try to give you any dating advice with this love uh, from First uh, Corinthians 13? No. No. He, he, uh, so yeah, that's right. Like First Corinthians 13, you always think like, oh, that's something you read in a marriage or, or at a wedding, sorry, or like dating, whatever. Um, but it was really cool how Jeff like 
he asked us for the week to read first Corinthians 13 through the lens of service and like we serve because we love so what does that look like um and so yeah every night we just asked the question like how have you like seen this verse um work out today so like love is patient like how did you have to be patient towards someone how weren't you patient towards someone um or like how was someone patient towards you and like just like work through um chapter 13 um like on the paper on the page like on the in scripture but also like in our days like how um how do we see this play out on the mission field today so that was really cool because yeah i mean i first corinthians is one of my like favorite books in the bible but i've never heard that chapter taught in the context of service um so that was really cool to hear jeff talk about that yeah and he also gave us the sheet um this is not the first night or not Monday night, but one of the nights he gave us the sheet and basically it takes all the verses like love is patient, kind, not jealous. And it breaks down like what each phrase means. It kind of gives like different definitions for it. And he challenged us to circle, I guess the parts of love that challenge us the most. And so for me, it was just really cool because like immediately when he handed it to me, like there was one that stuck, like jumped off the page for me. And I was like, Oh, like, and this has been something, honestly, even after the trip, I've been thinking a lot about and like praying a lot about. But for me, it was love is not jealous. And I guess it was because I was like, ah, I'm not a jealous person. Like, you know, like we're good. And, you know, me being prideful and thinking like, that's not something I struggle with. But his definition of jealous was like not something I'd really heard before. And he talked about how jealousy is not being possessive. Um, and so he talked less about it being about comparison and more about it being about being possessive of what you have. And I realized like all the things I have in my life, like gifts and abilities and things I get to do daily, I'm very possessive of. And he was just saying like, that's jealousy. And it was just really convicting for me to realize like, I am jealous. And like, that's a very big problem for me in my life and just to pray about that. So, yeah. Okay. We've heard about Monday. What about Tuesday? <laughs> oh, okay. Tuesday. Um, I'll kick it off and then Christina, I'll let you take over. But um on Tuesday, we went to, um, do you remember the name of the church, Christina? Um, it was North Salem Baptist Church. Yes, North Salem Baptist Church. Um, we went to help out a pastor named Q, which um, it was really cool because when we show up, we all we knew is we were going to see this guy named Q. He's a pastor at this church, and he's been smoking all this meat for his community. And like, he smokes like all these pounds of meat every day on his giant smoker and gives it away to all these people. And that's all we knew. We had no clue what else we were going to be doing. We're like, all right, okay. Well, we show up and I look at this guy named Q and I'm like, oh my goodness, you were my camp counselor in eighth grade. And so I actually know this guy and I'm like, oh wow, which is crazy because this is the second time this has happened. On my seminar trip last summer, I had, well, I'd indirectly been given a coffee mug by one of the pastors we served last summer. Uh, like, cause the guy, guy I was dating in the past, like had gone up to be his intern so it's just crazy how like on both trips so far like I've had some kind of weird connection to different pastors that we've served so that's been really cool but anyway so yeah we show up and there's a guy named Q and he's smoking all these pounds of chicken like all this chicken on his smoker and we're just like he has these giant coolers full of like raw chicken and we have to dump out chicken juice everywhere and then we're also like helping him build this house and like it's all these odd jobs and and then he tells us, he's like, yeah, Miss Betsy Sue's in the kitchen making homemade potato salad. Like, can I get some people to go inside and help Betty Sue? And so I was like, yeah, like I'll help Betty Sue. And so I go in the kitchen and me and this girl named Abigail was on our trip. We learned how to make Miss Betty Sue's homemade potato salad in these like giant quantities. And then we ended up just making, so like some of the people helped him. He was also building a house for him to live on, on the church's property. And so like him and his family. So half the group helped with that in the morning. And then the other half, or really just a couple of us went inside and helped like make potato salad and box up lunches. And then we ended up taking those lunches to the police that day. But really he just takes food to different groups in need um, every day. And he'd been doing it for 11 weeks. And he's, he told us it was like hundreds of pounds of meat that he had smoked during those weeks, which is crazy. And the churches have been donating money for him to buy the meat and to smoke and to give away, which is really cool. So just kind of his way of doing ministry. Cause he was like, I enjoy smoking meat. He was like, how can I use this God? And that's kind of what he landed on, which was really cool. 
Yeah, I think he said he'd smoked like 1,500 pounds of meat since quarantine started um, and given it to like fire department, police, um, like juvenile centers, just different, like how every different people in the community every week. So it was really cool. Um, and also just really encouraging to hear that he had used quarantine and like, you know, unexpected times as a way to serve people. I do have a question here. Liz, do you know how to make Miss Betsy Sue's a potato salad still? Yeah, I do. So, I know how to make that. I know how to make her pound cake. I got it all down. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, you, you you should let off with pound cake. But well, I know. Well, actually made pound cake. Told me about it, so I'm probably better at potato salad. But do you have the recipe? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Wally are gonna need that. <laughs> I might can make that happen. We'll see. Okay. 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 So after, uh, after all this meat and cue, um, what happens? Oh, and then, um, so we went, um, we had lunch at the church, uh, and then these, um, he kind of showed us around the church and showed us the church's history, which was super cool. Um, he's like very into how the church um, was started and has kind of this whole, like right when you walk into the church in the entryway, he has all these pictures and all these like old historical documents. And he basically was talking about how like this church was dying before he got there five years ago and how like um, not him, but the Lord had really just like started growing this church again, this church that was basically dying and that people were just kind of leaving right and left. Like now it's actually started to grow again. And he was just kind of showing us like how invested he is in the history and, how his family has just found a place there in the community and talked to us about that. And then after, after we went over the church's history, then we had some more cleaning projects to do. So I know Christina and Abigail cleaned the church's pews um, with one of those, uh, like they, uh, what do you call it, Christina? It's like the vacuums with water. Like a steam vacuum, steam cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A steam cleaner. And then, I got to organize a closet, which I was thrilled about because <laughs> I literally, every trip I go on, I just want to organize things. And so Tony, our leader, Tony was actually my leader in, on the Vermont trip. He was, so Tony and Jeff were our two leaders and Tony was actually my leader on the Vermont trip. So he knows me super well. And so when he said something about organizing a closet, he was like, Liz, like, go ahead. And so... I got to do that, which is super fun. It seems really small, but, like, who knows? Next time, maybe they need to find, like, I don't know, they might need to find a mop bucket or something. They're going to be able to know where it is instead of having to go buy one. So, you know, that's helpful for the church. So, you know, so that was that was super cool. And I also got to do it with this um, another girl on our team. And I just got to know her super well while we were serving doing that. And then after we finished up there, it was kind of like, it was like 5 p.m. or so. So we kind of just headed back to the church um, that we were staying at um, and had dinner and did um, worship again and um, talked more about First uh, Corinthians 13. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, another thing that Q talked about while we were there um, is he did send me now as a college student. Um, so it was cool how, like, he'd served as a college student going off to become a pastor. Um started working for this church and then us as a send me now team we were now getting to like um pour back into like his ministry so it's cool how things kind of came full circle um and he kind of kept like saying that over and over while we were there um and we got to encourage him um and then also i think that day like it's like our second full day of like ministry i think we all got to like get to know each other on the team a lot better um, cause we were like off in smaller groups doing a bunch of different things, um, throughout the church all day. So I think that was really good too, just to get to hear, um, other people's stories. Like Liz said, I vacuumed like the whole sanctuary with a girl named Abigail. So it was cool to get to talk to her and get to know her better. Um, and just like everyone like got to know each other better throughout that day. So that was really good too. I guess Wednesday now. Liz yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. You go for it, Christina. Okay, so on Wednesday, we were back at the Savannah Baptist Center in the morning, um, doing a lot of, like, the same things inside, but also Olivia had other things for us to do as well that we didn't get to on Monday. So I spent most of Wednesday before lunch outside in the parking lot doing, like, yard work. Um, so, like, when you drive up to the Savannah Baptist Center, when we drove up on Monday, um, 
parking lot was like very overgrown. There were like weeds everywhere. Um, there was like trash on the parking lot. There were branches that needed to be cut so like the trees wouldn't scrape the tops of cars when they parked. Um, different things like that. So uh, everyone on the outside crew got to sweat a lot that day because we were in South Georgia um, in the middle of June. Uh, but that, it was just really good to, um, I think, be reminded that like very like practical tasks um, can be like done for the Lord. Um, and the guy who is kind of like in charge of like the landscaping and like maintenance at Savannah, Savannah Baptist Center, his name was William. Um, and he was just like super thankful. He wasn't much older than us either. Um, and he was just like super, super thankful for us. Um, he had like moved around a lot as a kid. He actually, he was from like somewhere in the North, but ended up moving to the South with his mom and maybe a brother, I think. Um, and for one year, he actually went to a middle school in Jessup, which is where I'm from. So that was like a really random, weird connection that he had gone to like, he went to the middle school that I didn't go to in Jessup, but still like we, he, or I knew what he was talking about. Um, so it was just really good for us to encourage him um, and just give him like extra hands. Like usually he did, did the landscaping all by himself. So we gave him like six extra hands that day. Um, he was very grateful for that. So, yeah. For me, so on Wednesday, I kind of was on the indoor crew, and I just kind of we had, they had bulletin boards um, that the home that the homeless people, which they call clients, it's the first thing they see when they walk into the center, and so we just kind of redecorated those bulletin boards and made more cards and just little things that you wouldn't really think of that need to be done. So that was just kind of fun to get to do um, and kind of serve in those little ways. And then we also, we ended up helping the outdoor crew out a little bit at the end. And then that afternoon, we um, went back to the park that we went to on Monday, the same park. And then we split off in different groups that day. And again, just had water bottles and coolers that we carried around and tried to start conversations. And I think Wednesday afternoon might have been my favorite. It was so cool. We got to meet so many, or I got to meet so many cool people. So I was um, paired with a guy named Miles um, who was on our trip. And so we were partners and we walk off and the first person we meet is this guy um, named Khaled. Um, so we walk up to him, we introduce ourselves and just kind of start a conversation. And he tells us immediately, he's super open. Like it was so, like you could tell that he, he tells us he's from Jordan and we knew he wasn't from the United States immediately because there's such a contrast between, I guess, people, or at least I know how I am and people, other people in Georgia, like they're kind of standoffish and they don't want strangers to talk to them. And we had several people asking us like we were Mormons and like kind of running away from us. But this guy named Kyle, he just kind of was like, so open. It was like, yeah, like great to meet you, Liz and Miles, like sit down on the bench with me and just like invites us to sit down with him and uh, just kind of starts telling us all about his daughters and about how he's here in Savannah to see his daughter, but he lives in Jordan. And then he immediately invites us, me and Miles, he thinks we're married, and he invites us to come to his house in Jordan. And he's like, you should come to my house in Jordan. He's being dead serious. Like, he is not kidding. This man is like, I would love for you to meet my daughters. And he's like, and I'll be going back to Jordan soon. So just, just come. Like, you should just let me know. So he asked for our numbers. Like, we don't even have to ask for his number. He asked for our numbers, takes a picture with us on Snapchat, saves it, put it in our contact photo, writes down our names. And then tells us to please come see him in Jordan. Well, then as we're talking, then we try to start shifting the conversation, like from getting invited to his house and start talking to him about what he believes. And he tells us that um, he's Muslim and he's not, he says he's not devoutly Muslim, but he said that um, that's kind of his culture. And he just believes, he said, he said the reason he's Muslim is because he heard that the Bible, um, he, he believes that the Bible is not true. And he was told that by a friend. So he just believes it because his friend told him that. And so like we asked him, we're like, have you ever read the Bible or read any parts of it? And he's like, yeah, no, I've never read the Bible or anything. But he's like, but a friend told me it was not true. So I believe it's not true. And we were just, we were just kind of taken aback by that. They're like, I guess that's what he would base his life on. And I guess just like based on that. But um, so we were just kind of talking to him about um, Miles, the guy I was with, he, knew a lot more about the differences between Islam and Christianity than I do. 
Um, so he kind of just started talking to him about that and engaging in conversation and kind of pointing him to places in the Bible. And we just kind of talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus a lot. And he just couldn't understand why God would come to earth in the form of a man or like God would come and send his son to earth in the form of a man um, named Jesus. And he was like, well, like God wouldn't do that. And he just kind of kept arguing us on that. And he was like, y'all don't understand. Like, and just kind of kept saying that, well, we kind of ended up not being able to come. He just kind of kept talking and not agreeing with us. So we just told him, we were like, well, let's stay in touch. Like we would love to stay in touch with you since you have our number. Uh, And it's actually been super cool since then because he's actually been texting Miles a bunch and they've been having some good conversations and we're trying to set up a FaceTime call sometime soon. And it's really cool because Cal will actually text us first. Like we don't even, we didn't even have to text him first. Like he texts us all the time and just like talks to us, which is super cool. So, um, and I know ever since then too, I think my biggest takeaway from the trip was that conversation just because it's been kind of been pushing me to learn more about other faiths so that I can better defend my own, I guess. So I've been reading a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And it's just been really cool to learn more about that since the trip. So, yeah. Nabil Koresh, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So on Wednesday for me, when we were at the park, um, I was with um, Grace and Gabe, which were two other uh, people on our, um, on our team. And so the first group that we stopped at, um, Neil and Vincent had actually spoken with Grace on Monday. So it was cool that even though we were only there like a second day, like people were already starting to recognize us. Um, and we were basically just able to like pick up where we left off with conversations. Um, the first day we were there, one group also met a guy named Sean who was a SCAD grad student. Um, he was in Savannah doing some graduate work there. Um, and he was actually a believer, but looking for um, community and so we were able to encourage him on Monday for one group from our team was and then on Wednesday um, my group ran into him again at the park um, and so we were able to uh, just speak with him again um, and encourage him some more so that was really cool uh, to just help lift him up. Um, we also met a guy named Greg um, who was looking for like he was looking for a job, um, but he was also, he needed like an ID card. Um, he had to like pay for, to get his card to be able to apply for the job or something like that, something about his paperwork. Um, and so one of the guys in my group, Gabe, he was just like, really like wanted to help this guy. Um, and so he like helped them. He like gave him the money to get the ID card and like looked up on his phone, like where he needed to go to do it. And like, just gave him, helped him out with like the logistics of that. Um, so that was really cool just to see, um, to be able to like help someone in a practical way. And we also got to talk to him about, um, what he believed. And he was all, he was one of the guys that was more like, he knew like all about Christianity. Um, he'd grown up in Savannah, um, and like knew about Jesus, but we just got to like tell him how like that it impacted our lives. Um, so that was really cool too. Yeah. Um, one more quick story too, um, from the park that afternoon. Um, so after we talked to, after Miles and I talked to Khaled, um, we went over and talked to this guy named David. Um, we weren't sure at first because like the Savannah parks have a lot of homeless people in them, um, from just approaching him. But, um, we started talking to him and it was really cool because immediately we find out David's a believer. And this man knows more of the Bible than, I don't know, maybe anyone I've ever met. Like he could quote whole passages of scripture so enthusiastically and um, with so much passion, I guess. And he would just like almost like act them out sort of. And at first he was kind of like a little overwhelming just because he's like very loud and passionate and kind of like talks to you right in your face. But it was just really cool. We got to hear his story about um, how his wife passed away and how that kind of brought him closer to um closer in his relationship with God and made him become serious about his faith and made him kind of start hoping for heaven and just kind of hearing about like how real heaven is for him um just really encouraged me a lot um just to remind me in my daily life to continue to hope for heaven and how that I should remember that every day and then also just kind of David ended up talking to us for like 30 minutes and he was kind of hard to get away from but it was just really encouraging to how well he knew his bible um and just to meet some random guy on a park bench in savannah who um believes this in the same god and has uh, the same jesus that we do and shares the same faith as us and was just really encouraging so yeah that was cool you want us to do thursday 
That was the plan. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thursday. Okay. I'll start and then Christina, you can finish. But on Thursday morning, we went to this, um, to Emmanuel Baptist church and we installed baseboarding, um, in their church. So they just kind of needed us to put up that, you know, the rubber stuff, the rubber baseboards that go around the, um, in their children's ministry, um, the upstairs. So they just gave us a bunch of rubber baseboard and a caulking gun and, um, kind of split us off into groups and some groups measured, some groups put up the baseboard. So, um, it was actually kind of a fun day. I don't know. It was, it was good. And then, um, for lunch that day, their church, um, some of the ladies in their church cooked us, um, lunch, which was really sweet. And then we just got to play volleyball for like an hour, um, while we were waiting for our next thing, which was really cool. So just good bonding time. And then that afternoon we ended up actually going to do, um, beach, um, evangelism instead of park evangelism. So, um, again, the plan was the same, just except at the beach, just like pair off into groups, um, grab a cooler of waters and try to go hand them out on the beach. But when we first tried to start doing that, it didn't really work out as well as the park because I guess we didn't think about it. But when you go to the beach, almost everyone has water already. So, um, we couldn't really, um, like we kept asking off, trying to offer people water. And that was usually how we started a conversation but everyone said no. Like we literally had one or two people say yes and they didn't really want to continue talking. They kind of just wanted to take the water and go. So we definitely had to kind of change our um, strategy there, um, which our leader kind of ended up telling us later that he was really happy we did because he felt like we could have just kind of wasted that time. But instead we kind of chose to, okay, like let's put the waters down. Let's try to just go get into the water. And usually people who are in the water wanting to talk and start a conversation. So we just kind of like would try to in a not creepy way, approach people in the water and just start conversations, um, which was super cool because the first people we met when we got into the water and me and the girl named Grace on our trip that Christina talked about, we got in the water and we met this girl named Day and two of her friends. And we found out actually they went to UNG and KSU um, and Augusta State, which were three of the schools that we had people from our trip were all went to. So it was just really cool getting to talk to them and um, kind of have that in common. And they were the same age as us. And we at first were just talking about kind of school and things. And then they kind of were talking about, they never really said if they had a faith, but we kind of told them our purpose in being there for the week. And then we started talking about what we were engaging on campus. And they were basically saying like, oh, like that's something I would definitely want to try or like get involved in so we kind of ended up getting the other people from our group who went to their school to come over and then they got to start talking to them and I don't really know where it went from there but it was just really cool um I guess for them to meet people that go to their same college like on this beach in Brandon Beach in Savannah really hopefully they can get connected again this fall on campus so yeah that was super cool yeah so like Liz said um people show up to the beach prepared with waters uh so no one no one um really wanted water so we had to like you know come up make adjustments and come up with a new plan so my group we just started like we put our waters down and we just started like walking just like praying like okay god like who should we talk to like um you know what what should we how should we approach this um and so we like walked up to this family. Um, it was a dad and his daughter. Um, and we like started talking to them and the dad kind of like tried to like rush the conversation on like he didn't really want to talk to us. And so we were about to walk away with a little girl. Um, her name was Lucy and she was four. She started talking to us. Um, and she just like told us all about herself, all about her life. She was super cute, um, super energetic. Um, she told us about her grandmother who's sick. Um, so we got to like tell them that we would pray for her. Um, and her family was just like, they were vacationing from Ohio. Uh, but we got to, we just got to like talk to this little girl. Um, and I think, uh, and then also, sorry, also that day, um, we met another family from Arkansas and they also had like a younger girl with them who was, she was eight years old. Her name was Avery. Um, and then another girl who was like, I think 10th grade in high school, her name was Kaylin. Um, and so I got to talk to both of them for a, a while too, um, about just like what they were doing there. I got to talk a lot to Kaylin about like her family and why we were there. Um, but it was really cool that day for me, like at the beach to get to talk to a bunch of like kids. Um, and just like about there, cause like at the park, most, mostly I'd only talk to adults. Um, but just to like, 
talk to these kids who I guess have like they've lived through less of life so they have less of a like solid idea of like what they actually believe um but just getting to like talk to them about like what I believe um and just getting to know them letting them know that someone cares about them that someone want, like wants to get to know them um and also I think for me that day was just like a good reminder of what it means to like live in childlike awe and wonder um every time I go to the beach um, I'm reminded of like um a verse in psalm I think it's psalm 93 uh where it's like mightier than the waves of the sea is his love for you um and I just really love the beach in general but I especially love like the ocean um because it reminds me of that verse um and so it was just really cool like at a place that reminds me of God's love I was able to like be reminded that my response to his love should be like all in wonder um the way that these kids were like just like full of joy that they were able to experience um and just enjoy like the creation of God so that was really cool just to like of all the places like at the beach to be able to be reminded um to be reminded of like the all in wonder that we should have whenever we're reminded of how much God loves us yeah I mean yeah the beach was just a really cool experience I guess just the different little conversations that we had and it wasn't really what we pictured but it was really cool to see, I guess, what God did through that. Um, even though like our plan failed, like seeing that he still had a plan for that, even if it wasn't what we thought it was going to look like, or even if like, cause really the waters in the park had been going pretty well, like Monday and Wednesday. So we kind of assumed the same thing on Thursday and then just kind of like how the plan shifted, but God still moved in our conversations. And then also, we also just had a good time with the beach too. Like just um, being honest about that. Like we just had a really fun time. Um, me and a girl named Abigail on our trip, we found these middle school boys who were doing skimboarding and we really wanted to try it. And so we were trying to walk up to them just to start a conversation, but then they were like, do you want to try our skimboards? And so we were like, yeah, sure. We'll try your skimboards. And so we tried it and I busted it immediately in front of like these four middle school guys. So that was really funny. Abigail was actually pretty good at it though. So yeah. And so that was just like, we just had a good time and it was just fun um, trying to figure out how to talk to people. So, yeah. And then Thursday night after the beach, um, there was this sweet lady from one of the churches in the local area. And she was like, I want to buy y'all dinner. And so we um, went and got Mexican food and she paid for it, um, which was really nice. So she just like let us get what we wanted. And then she just like went behind us and paid for everything, which was super sweet. Um, so yeah, that was Thursday. And then I guess Friday, um, Friday was like our last day, our last day there. Um, but we went to Miss Virginia's house. Um, Miss Virginia is a member of the church that Tony goes to, um, in Savannah. So Tony was one of our leaders. He's the campus minister at Armstrong in Savannah. So his home church is also in Savannah. Um, so we got to go to her house. Um, uh, we had a group that, um, helped her out inside with organizing her kitchen. Uh, we built a shelf for her in her kitchen and also built a shelf in her shed. Um, we cleaned like the canopy that like covered her car. Um, let's see, we, Liz got to organize a lot of things again um, in her shed and people, people inside just got to spend time with her and talk to her, um, hear her stories. Uh, so that was just, it was just a good day to, um, serve someone who had been like faithful to her church and faithful to God. And now we were able to like help her out with some things. So, yeah, it was, it was a super cool day. Like I loved the last day. It was so fun. And, um, yeah, like Christina said, I got to organize stuff, um, with actually the girl named Abigail we've been talking about. It was cool because we started bonding by the end of the week over our love of organization, which is just super funny, but we realized like we work exactly the same and it was just cool. Like, I don't know, even the little things, how God works and like he pairs you up with people that sometimes it's hard for you to work with them, but sometimes it's so easy for you to work with them. Like me and Abigail do things like almost identically. So it's so easy for us just to work together and get a lot done. And I don't know, like we had to clean the church we were staying at and like we made this checklist for everyone to make sure we got everything done and like had big check boxes and like organized it all. And it just, we both just loved it so much. So we bonded over that and it was just really fun. But yeah, also at Miss Virginia's too though that I wanted to mention um 
when we were in the back um, going through her shed, her neighbor came by with her grandson and um, her grandson's, um, we asked him what his name was and he was maybe four or five years old. And he goes, my name is Remington Damien Scott. And then he tells us his entire parents' names and his, like in everything about his family just immediately. And I'm like, all right, like, nice to meet you. I'm Liz. Hi. And then he goes, I want to race. And so I ended up spending like 20 minutes running up and down this gravel road with this little kid pretending to let him beat me in all these foot races. And then it was, and he tried to invite me in to have popsicles and I had to tell him I couldn't come. But it was just super fun. Like, I don't know, just little things like that where you get to meet fun little kids. And I don't know, it was just a really good day all around. Um, and then coming back from Miss Virginia's, um, so we were going to leave after we finished at Miss Virginia's that day. Um, but coming back from Miss Virginia's, we had some things we needed to throw away at the dump. And so um, Tony's wife came. She'd actually been helping us out all week. And her name's Miss Dorcas. And Miss Dorcas is the sweetest woman ever. Tony always calls her like my better half. And like he always talks about her like that. And she is literally like, she's the definition of like a servant and like being like having a servant's heart and being selfless. Like she is the most humble woman. Like she won't admit that her cooking is the best thing you've ever had in your whole life. Um, but anyway, on the way home from Miss Virginia's, uh, Miss Dorcas needed someone to go dump stuff off with her at the dump. Um, and I was like, okay, like I'll do it. So I ended up getting to ride with her like to the dump and then all the way back to the church. Um, and it was like a pretty good drive and just like talking to Miss Dorcas and hearing about her life and how she loves helping Tony and his ministry and how she just loves serving people and cooking for people. And like, um, I don't know how it's just not a burden for her to do all these things for us, but how she just gets so much joy from it. Now she loves being a mom to her son, Caleb, and her other, I don't remember her other son's name, but I'll check out her other son as well. And it was just really encouraging, like right at the end of the trip, just to be encouraged by this woman. So yeah, that was super cool. That's awesome. This entire trip sounds really cool. Um, but one thing you guys had hinted about it throughout this entire time you're talking about, it, but, but is about the community that you guys built. Um, the, through my experience and other people's experiences, I know it's like the community has been something super awesome, something super lasting. I mean, I know I still, I still keep in touch with a lot of people that I met uh, a year ago in Puerto Rico. So can you, could you just speak to the community that you built with the other BCMers there? I mean, I think I was definitely like blown away by how quickly we got to know each other and like how quickly we um, bonded because I mean, it was a week long trip, right? So we're not, we're not together for super long. We were, we were pretty much together for five days. Um, but I think I just realized that like if you're surrounded by people whose main goal is to lift up the name of Jesus, then like you may not be best friends, but you're going to be good friends and you're going to be um, like a force to be reckoned with. You're going to be able to get a lot of things done. If that is like, if that's the one thing you have in common, then like none of your other differences or similarities matter as much um and we we just have like we just had fun I mean I think that's like that's the best way to make friends with people is just to have fun with them um even when we were serving like we got a lot done but we were always having fun too um yeah yeah like Christina said we really did I mean I felt like after the first day I was like okay I know these people so well and it was just super fun because I don't know we would stay up late at night a lot of time I mean I didn't stay up all the time but I'm, I get a bed early, but I'm lame, but they would stay up really late. I stayed up some nights with them and they would just like play games and stuff. And they say playing cards or talking, or we played this one game that's kind of like telephone and it was super fun. Um, like as a group, we played manhunt one night, just different. Then we got ice cream one night, which was super fun. So like we wanted to be together and like we were constantly talking and telling stories and we would just like talk about all these super random things, but I just felt so open. And I feel like everybody was super open and we got to know each other really well. And then also our leaders challenged us um, to share our testimony. Um, so we had to share the testimony, our testimony with the group at some point throughout the week. And so we do like two or three every day. And it was just super cool to hear how open people were and just to hear, um, I guess, like everyone's sto um, story and um, I guess how they got to the point of serving God and how they got put on this trip, I guess. So it was super cool hearing about that. and. Um, and then also just leaving the trip too. As soon as we left the trip, um, there were just a lot of people in our group who just sent encouragements in our group meet um, to each each one of us individually. So they wrote an encouragement for every single one of us individually and sent it in the group meet. And they were just like such detailed, observant things that were so sweet and uplifting. And it was just really cool to have that um, 
encouragement, like going into your summer, even though it was one week in the summer, like I really felt like I needed that. And it was really helpful um, after being in my house for so long. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it, the community is super powerful on mission trips. I I always compared the community that we built in Puerto Rico as a as another BCM we built. Um, but okay, so we hear about we've heard all this thing. Okay, now afterwards, what's happened after the trip? What's affected you? What keeps you? What What do you keep thinking about? Um, what has changed your life or the way you walk with God because of this trip? Um, I think for me, um, one of the things that this trip taught me is that meeting physical needs and meeting spiritual needs are not separate. Like they, they happen together. Um, and so that I think for me, um, I'm going to be like the service team leader, uh, next year. So as this summer, as I've been planning for stuff like that, um, that thought has like always been in my mind. Um, so I think that's been like a good um, that's something that I learned on this trip that will help me, um, for the next year as I'm like the service team leader. Um, but then I guess something more immediate, um, maybe for this, the rest of the summer. Um, I, I guess when I got back from the trip, um, before the trip, I was taking summer classes. So my summer was pretty cool before that, but I knew that after the trip, I had nothing else on my agenda, um, at all. And so when I got back from the trip, I, or during the trip, I was just kind of like praying, okay, God, like how, how does this look after this week? Um, and it ended up, I was able to like lead a girl's Bible study. Um, and again, just like another thing I learned during the trip in Savannah is like never underestimate the power of a conversation. Um, and just like how powerful it is to just talk to somebody um, and be willing to listen to them. Um, and so I was just really challenged by that. Um, I guess to come back home and do that with the middle school and high school girls um, at, at like my home church. And then also just middle school and high school girls that I know from other things um, like swim and stuff like that. So I think that was just really cool to how um, like the reminders that I got from the trip in Savannah um, impacted like the rest of my summer, but also I think they'll continue to like be something that I learned from throughout the year. And honestly, you know, for the rest of my life, so. Yeah, so for me, I've already shared a lot of the things that I feel like I took away, um, but I think one of the things is not underestimating what God can do through me in a week, um, because like we've shared all the different memories um, and things I got to be a part of, um, and God moving um, in a week. I guess it seems like a month or something like that, all the stories we shared, uh, and so I guess just realizing like I don't know what's going to happen throughout a week and any one of my weeks could look like this. Um, I mean, maybe not exactly like this, but um, if I just surrender to him, I guess, and I guess these conversations are not things that have to just happen on a mission trip. You know, that's something everybody says, but I guess just realizing like the conversations we had didn't seem out of the ordinary or super hard or as hard as I was expecting them to seem like. Um, they were just us engaging with people and wanting and having a heart for sharing the gospel. So I guess just that. And then also not, um, like Christina talked about earlier, like not underestimating like the little things we did, um, that really are helping those churches out. And like, like we said, like helping the homeless shelter out so that they can reopen and they can continue to serve more people. Um, so just, um, remembering that God can even use the tiny things we do. And then the other thing I already talked about, um, just kind of like learning how to, defend my faith and like learn more about other faiths I guess because I don't know something learning I don't know people who are uh, Muslim like they really respect people who have a lot of knowledge about the Bible and not that necessarily like knowledge about the Bible should be our old like is not the like absolute top priority like it is very important and it's very important in reaching people and so just realizing like I'm lacking a lot there and like that's something I want to improve in to be able to share my faith more effectively so Guys, that was totally awesome. That was such uplifting stories about the, um, about sharing your faith and about about what it is to to actually work, you know, and serve, you know, 
for the Lord. And, and I think this even speaks to like what a one week mission trip is like, because many people do think that, you know, one week mission trips, not enough, but you know, this is enough. Like you're serving out of context of where, where you are, you know, you've learned so much and, and, you know, even more than that, this has impacted, you know, the, the people around you It's impacted the, the Savannah Baptist, um, ministry with their homeless clients, you know, and, and many others, all the Q with his barbecue, all these other people, you've impacted them and allowed them to share easier. And that's something that I've learned a lot through my short term mission trips and something I've learned a lot just working with the homeless shelter that I've worked at is how powerful it is people coming in and helping you out. You know, you, people may not see it initially, but like the aftermath and the after effects of it are huge and great. So thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Liz. Thank you, Christina, for coming on here today and joining me on this wonderful podcast. It was amazing to hear your stories. It was true, true joy for me. Um, I had heard a little bit about it from Liz, just the basics rundowns, but I had not heard this much detail and I had not heard all these encouraging stories of sharing the faith of these fun times where these great friendships you made guys. Um, this is just awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and being willing to share. Thank you so much guys. Thanks for listening to Heroes Initiative. I just wanted to thank Liz and Christina one last time for for opening and sharing of their story, guys. I, I pray that it touched your hearts, touched my heart, um, guys. And if you want to learn more about Send Me Now or in the process, feel free to reach out to Liz or Christina. Or you can go to sendmenow.net to find about the trips you go on this summer. Or if you want to give for more trips and more experiences like this can happen, you can click on the description above that takes you to the Georgia Tech BCM website and click on Give to Send Me Now. Guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time here on the Heroes Initiative Podcast.